I suppose that the, the challenge is for any company, who are you writing this document for? Who are you seeking to engage with? And I think that point is particularly important in the ESG space. Bringing to light the latest hot topics in investor engagement and ESG disclosure, sustainability and impact, and brand and culture, this is the Luminous Spotlight Podcast. Hello and welcome to Luminous' Spotlight Podcast. I'm Stephen Butler, Director of Investor Engagement and ESG. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Babington. Mark is Executive Director of Regulatory Standards at the Financial Reporting Council. Welcome, Mark. Could you please tell us a little bit about your role at the FRC? So my part of the, of the FRC looks after all of our uh, public and technical policy. So for auditors, for accountants, for actuaries, we also set the corporate governance codes and the stewardship codes and also the work of our financial reporting lab. Super. I think your insight today is going to be really, really valuable. And today we really want to get under the skin of what's happening in the UK, particularly regarding ESG reporting. There's a lot on the horizon. But Mark, I don't know if you could give us a high level overview of the current landscape and, and then what's coming for UK companies. Well, only really to start by saying it's it's a very fast moving and quick changing landscape. So for the most part, if you look at the existing obligations on companies, we've had in the UK TCFD reporting for a number of years now, originally bought in through the listing rules by the Financial Conduct Authority, and then by government through legislation. So that, in, in, in a sense, has developed and matured quite well. We're seeing an improving quality of reporting. And, and, you know, that is a very helpful building block because the new thing on the horizon, of course, is the International Sustainability Standards Board. And we know that the board is in the process of finalising its first two standards, one of which is all about climate reporting. Now, the ISSB's standards build on TCFD. So all the work that UK corporates have done to date will uh, not be in vain. And one of the sort of challenges, I suppose, or, or a couple of the challenges at the moment is, firstly, we're working very closely with our colleagues in government to develop a mechanism so those standards can be made available for use in the UK. And then secondly, we recognise that what this brings with it is a significant amount of additional reporting. So how do we ensure that we have better information rather than more information? And, and how do we integrate this in, in a way that gives users of annual reports and accounts high quality, consistent, comparable and decision useful information? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that a lot of corporates that we work with really do struggle with to some regard. It's making that concise material disclosure. And I know we're going to chat a little bit about that later on. What specifically is the FRC focused on uh, around ESG at the moment? I know you put out that ESG statement of intent. Could you give us a bit of an, an overview of what that covered? Well, what it was is, and, and it was the second statement that, that we've put out, but what we're trying to do is, is set out priority areas for our work. So one of the challenges for, for companies when they're reporting ESG information is that the reporting systems and the information that they rely on is perhaps not as well developed, not as mature as financial reporting. So one of the things that we did is, is sort of set out governance that sits around ESG data to make it more reliable, more usable, um, and, and really how companies can go about maturing those systems. I think one of the other things really is as well to, to highlight best practice 
and to make sure that we are able to draw on examples to show where this has been done done well and, and sort of feed that into the wider consideration. But also a significant chunk of our work at, at the FRC is, is working at the international level. So one of my directors, Josephine Jackson, is vice chair of the International Auditing and Assurance Standards Board. And that board is going to consult shortly on an assurance standard for sustainability information. I sit on the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, which is revising the code of ethics to also reflect the particular challenges of ESG and sustainability reporting. And then we're also working very closely and supporting the ISSB through the Sustainability Standards Advisory Forum to help it develop its thinking about what its priorities might be, and also how to best ensure companies are able to work with the new standards and, and report effectively. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I think came through strongly in that statement of intent was, was the sense of materiality. Yes. Um, and certainly, you know, I've been working in reporting for a long time and reports are just getting longer and longer. And it, it feels like sometimes that lens is missing, that materiality lens to make it more concise. But what do you think companies should consider when determining what's material? Well, I, th- I think the challenge is that companies need to be perhaps a little more discriminating than they traditionally have been. So as you say, our our lab team are are looking at this issue. And one of the things that that we've done as part of that is is compare practice in the UK with practice in other jurisdictions. And in some jurisdictions, like for instance, in the US, companies are perhaps much better at articulating their areas of material focus and using that to drive their reporting. Whereas sometimes companies in, in the UK set out their material considerations, but then add in more things. And and as a result, the list of material areas gets longer and longer, and the reporting gets more voluminous and perhaps more confused. Yeah, absolutely. And we certainly see that. And we really do strongly encourage companies to think about that, that materiality lens. And we do work with businesses to look at that from a double materiality perspective, which I think can be very useful. You mentioned the Corporate Governance Code earlier. What was the ESG reporting requirements of the Corporate Governance Code? Is there a strong link there? Well, in in, in a sense, the, the, the governance of the company is what pulls together all of this reporting and, and, and all of this activity. And we're just going through a process to revise the code to, to deal with a, a number of things that the government asked the FRC to do. But one of the things that we're looking at as well is, is how we ensure that there is clarity over what companies report and set that out in in a revised code. But what you you have to remember is that the governance layer sort of sits across everything in the company. And it's important that that develops in a way that reflects new obligations on companies to report information and really to think about some different challenges. So a really good example would be if you've got a company that owns an asset which is perhaps damaging to the climate, damaging to the environment. Is it better that that that, that company manages that asset responsibly and decommissions it? Or is it better if that company sells that asset to somebody who might actually use it in a less responsible way? So, you know, governance is having to to deal with new questions and new challenges in, in perhaps a way that that it didn't have to uh, previously. Yeah, absolutely. I think an emerging board skill set as well, actually, around some of those things. And we are seeing uh, companies look at 
I think more training specifically around ENS factors, which is great to see at the moment as that landscape evolves. So something that we talk about a lot with businesses is making sure that the annual report provides high high quality investor grade disclosures. And that can be quite difficult for businesses to understand what that actually means in practice. So what's the litmus test for that, would you say? I suppose that the, the challenge is, is for any company, who are you writing this document for? Who are you seeking to engage with? And, and I think, you know, that point is particularly important in the ESG space because this information is really important because it's in, increasingly being used for capital allocation decisions. And previously, those decisions were based on financial information alone. So therefore, what companies shouldn't be doing is long narratival disclosures because effectively they're piling in information that perhaps is lost in, in, in a morass of sort of pages. What they need to think about is what are the key things that people who pick up your annual report are going to use to determine whether they want to invest in you, whether they want to be part of your supply chain, whether they want to buy from you, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's, you know, we, we've always said, you know, every, everything that's done is done for the user. But do you have a clear understanding of who your users are and what what their what their expectations are? Yeah, absolutely. And we would completely agree with that. And uh, I think that focus at the beginning, you know, stepping back, asking those questions when, when writing an annual report is really important and not just copying and pasting last year's annual report, perhaps, and just making a few tweaks around the edges. And really important to set, set out that story. We've seen a real rise in companies publishing sustainability reports, and we've just done some research, and I think it was about, you know, half of companies we looked at in the sample in the FTSE 250 now have a separate sustainability report. And something we get asked a lot about is, you know, what's the role of the annual report versus the sustainability report from an ESG perspective or sustainability perspective? You know, what's what's the cut across issues? What should be separate? Uh, you know, do you have a view on what the market wants to see there? Well, I think it's really important that the information is integrated. And by that, I mean that if you read company sustainability reports, quite often they tell you a lot about how the company intends to decarbonize its business, you know, how it intends to hit targets to, um, to prevent further climate change. But that isn't sort of standalone information. And that's that's the real sort of issue. You know, it's not standalone information. Sometimes narratival disclosures contain consequences that impact on your underlying financials. That's the really, you know, the really sort of tricky thing. And, and if you've disclosed in your sustainability report all of the, the issues that the board is considering, you know, how, what its strategy is to address some of these underlying ESG challenges. You can't then not reflect the impact of that in your financials. So, you know, I, I understand that companies are very keen to have a sustainability report in a way of sort of making all of the information manageable, but don't forget to link it and integrate it because one set of disclosures does have an impact on other information in your annual report. Yeah, absolutely. And I think TCFD has been helpful in making companies think a little bit more about those financial impacts. I mean, I think there's still a lot of work to do in the reports that I see around 
a clarity around that, but I do think it, it creates a useful lens for companies to think about how that disclosure yes. integrates through all of the key areas of how business operates, essentially. So outside of the UK, there's also a lot of change. We've heard from businesses that companies are, you know, also being asked to look at EU disclosures, for example, and, and even if they are not required to report against them, to, to consider voluntarily reporting against them, particularly in areas such as taxonomies. I mean, I mean, what should UK reporters be keeping an eye on outside of the UK, do you think? There are some challenges out there. So a lot of standard setters are looking at interoperability of standards, you know. So can you use a reporting framework that allows you to meet your obligations in multiple jurisdictions? And I think further work is, is really important in this area because a, a good example would be is if you are a UK company with subsidiaries in the EU, they may be of a size where you are subject to the reporting requirements in the CSRD. And people talk about interoperability, and you will hear from from FRAG and from other stakeholders in the EU, that if you report under CSRD, you'll meet your obligations to report under ISSB. However, if you report under ISSB, you will not meet your obligations to report under CSRD. So it's still not a level playing field. And of course, the other sort of big question for for companies, because there's a lot of companies that have a dual listing in the US, is where will the SEC land on its finalised rules requiring climate reporting? And it it had an extensive extensive consultation on that when it put out draft rules. I think they had, was it over 10,000 comment letters in in, in response? And uh, we believe that the SEC is looking to to finalise its work, but there will also be a challenge and, and read across there as well. So I think one of the one of the really important considerations for for any company is to be aware of the different regulatory requirements that it has to meet and to consider the best way in which which that can be achieved. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Horizon scanning, I think, is really important there and understanding your obligations. I mean, you mentioned CSRD there. I mean, do, do you think the UK will seek equivalency around that? That will be a, a matter for government where, where it chooses to go. I think that the government has indicated in the green finance strategy that it's strongly committed to the ISSB and, mm-hmm. and coming up with an endorsement mechanism for for those standards. I think we'll have to see where the work goes on the interoperability piece mm-hmm. to see whether they're is further alignment between what the EU requires and, and, and what the UK requires. Super, yeah, I think that would be super helpful for corporates. And then finally, Mark, as uh, you know, lots of companies have actually just finished their reporting, a lot of the, well, all of the December year ends are pretty much out now, but as companies start to turn their attention, I guess, to the next annual report after they've had a little break, I mean, what do you think reporters can do just to report better on ESG information and make it more useful for the market? So I think, firstly, the materiality question is fundamental. And my hope is that the lab report on materiality will be published in the autumn, so it'll be available to support those December year-end reporting companies. I think it is that that having in, in the, the front of mind all the time, who are you reporting for and, and what is the information you want to communicate? And then I think, thirdly, that, that important aspect of integration between your financial information, your narrative information. Don't treat it as two totally separate streams. Make sure that there is a read across between what you're saying in each. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, better information, not more information. Absolutely. You know, it's what we what we all want to see for those of us that uh, spend much of our life reading annual reports and, and working with corporates on annual reporting. Well, Mark, that's super helpful. And, and I just wanted to thank you for your time today. This podcast is going to be super helpful for corporates. So thank you very much, Mark. You're very welcome. Thank you for tuning in. For more insights, visit our website at www.luminous.co.uk.